0: and that it impacts you personally. Thanks for listening. If you have your Bible this morning, I want to invite you to join me in John chapter 14, verses 8 through 14. John chapter 14, verses 8 through 14. I came across a statement last week that I thought was really encouraging for us as a church to contemplate and to engage. It talks about the significance of corporate worship. The privilege we have to gather together in this room, others are gathering online with us. The article says this, corporate worship is designed to remind us of our identity in Christ. So there's more about just in here singing a song or sitting in a seat or listening to a sermon. It's also a way that we can identify together as Christ followers. It's so easy to forget who you are in Christ. When life seems out of control, it's so easy to forget that Jesus Christ rules over all things for his glory and even for your good. So God has determined that we should gather again and again to remember again and again who we are and what we have been given. His church is a tool of grace, a vehicle for remembering so that we may celebrate and grow. So thank you, church, for being here and honoring the privilege of worship. Uh, Worship communicates God and who he is. We get to be a part of what he's doing. It's really our response to God, both personally and corporately, for who he is, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. So thank you for making worship a priority. Thank you for being here today. Let's pray together, and then we're going to jump into our section in John chapter 14. Father, thank you for the privilege of assembly to gather today and to worship you for who you are. We thank you for your faithfulness. I agree with Steve's prayer and I just agree today together, God, that today we we look to you. Uh, Thank you for the truth of your word and your faithfulness. And so direct our thoughts, direct our teaching, what happens today in these moments. God, may it honor you and may it encourage us and inspire us, God, to live in a way that would make much of you. We pray and give all that to We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As a church family, we're going through a series called the Farewell Discourse, which goes from John 13 through John chapter 17, and it all happens in a 24-hour period, where Jesus is teaching, where Jesus is serving his disciples. He knows his crucifixion is coming. And this passage is so important for us as a church to not only follow the, the pathway to Jesus to the cross, but also to apply these truths to our life. Last week, we looked at John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, about the priority of who Jesus is. Uh, we talked about the passage. Let me just give the passage to you John chapter 14, verse 1 through 14. Uh, or for 1 through 6, where Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also, and where you go, the way you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know the way, and how can we find the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Last week, we talked about the, the priority of encouragement, that phrase... Let not your heart be troubled is given in the imperative. It's not a suggestion. It's not an idea. It's a... Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. He knows the disciples are with their uncertainty. So let not your heart... The the heart is the very core of who you are. It's the steering wheel of your life. It's the control center of your life, our heart. We make our decisions and all those things flow out of our heart. So let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be anxious. Let not your heart worry. Let not your heart experience uncertainty. We understand that in the uh, days in which we live, don't we? There's a, those times as a family or times personally where we just feel the weight of that and we, we are anxious and, and we worry. In fact, the Bible says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Prayer helps us, amen, with that when anxiety comes our way. So what a good promise that Jesus gives his followers and that, that presence is given, that promise is given to us. Let not your heart be troubled. We talked about the reality of heaven, uh, that heaven is a real place and real people who believe in Jesus Christ go to heaven. Uh, we looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where Paul writes about heaven. He talks about how that we live in this body, and he calls this body a tent. And this is just a temporary dwelling place for us. There's a place called heaven that if you have your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we go there. Uh, we're going to see our loved ones. Most importantly, we're going to see Jesus face to face. It's kind of hard, isn't it, to, to wrap our arms around heaven? Really, be, if can be honest about that, we live in our culture and in this world. We're, we're so attached and tethered to this world. We don't really think about there's something else beyond this planet and this world this promise of heaven, this encouragement that he gives. And then in verse 6, Jesus talks about the exclusivity of the gospel. Uh, for there is only one way, say that. all right? one truth. It's only Jesus. Uh, we said it last week that it's Jesus, only Jesus. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus didn't say, I am a way or I'm one of many ways or I will teach you a way. He didn't say, I will show you the truth or teach you the truth or somehow I will model the truth. He says, I am the way and I am the truth and no one comes to the Father but by me. The writer of Acts chapter four writes, there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Under all of God's creation, there's no other name, church family, than the name of Jesus Christ. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. If you have your Bible here, you're going to look at John chapter 14 and move into this section, verse 8 through verse 14. We're going to discover today, first of all, the deity of Jesus Christ, the ability of greater works. And the priority of prayer as we navigate this section of Scripture here in John 14. First, the deity of Jesus uh, is defined here in verse 8 and following, where Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to Philip, have I been with you so long that you still do not know me, Philip? Think about that question. Just, I've been with you three years, Philip. Uh, you know, haven't you caught on the fact that I and the Father are, are one? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So, so how can you say, show us the Father? So Jesus asked these questions, and you kind of just feel the, the weight of that. I've been here all these years, and now you're saying, show us the Father. Verse nine, Verse 10, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Repeatedly, Jesus affirms that he and the Father are one. Some 35 times throughout john's gospel jesus reminds his followers and others that i and the father are one for example in john chapter 10 verse 30 jesus said to his disciples i and my father are one and the next passage there in that verse uh, the religious leaders took up stones to stone him who you think you are calling yourself the father and so he's been over and over again communicating to his disciples and they just didn't get it sometimes we don't get it, do we? We just, we just miss it. And so he's encouraging them, I and the Father are one. And what Jesus does, he, he uses this opportunity to, to, to leverage and remind Philip who he is. In re- reality, he makes this stunning statement. He makes a declaration of deity. I and the Father are one. And the gospel of John, all throughout its gospel, emphasizes the deity of Jesus Christ. Let me define that for you, the word deity. Deity speaks to a creator and supreme being. The deity of Christ lies at the heart of our faith. Our faith rests on Jesus actually being God in human flesh and not simply an extraordinary human. Amen. That's one of the greatest foundations of our faith church take away the deity of Jesus Christ and you take away Christianity the significance of the deity of Christ here's how John put it in John chapter 1 he said in the beginning was the word and that word is capitalized it speaks of the Father God the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the word became flesh and dwelt among us we observed his glory the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word there represents Jesus himself. Colossians 2, 9. Paul writes, For in him, Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. The writer of Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. The Son, Jesus, is the representation of God's glory and the exact expression of of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Everything that Jesus says and does demonstrates that he is one with the Father. I and the Father are one. The deity of Jesus Christ is ground zero. Just, just, just the bottom foundation of our faith. Who Jesus is. D. A. Carson. A theologian and Bible scholar writes this. He says, Jesus is utterly dependent on his Father's direction, and whatever he says or does is nothing less or nothing other than what his Father says and does. All he says and does is exactly what God says and does. The deity of Jesus Christ is at the very core of Christianity. And Jesus is teaching his disciples and reminding us that Jesus, church family, Jesus is God. Jesus is the Father. He goes on to write, and Jesus says, about these greater works, the ability of greater works. In chapter 14, verse 12, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And then this phrase, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. I circled in my notes that word believe. Believe means to put your confidence in someone, to trust someone. He says to you, whoever believes or trusts in me is going to do the works that I do, and even greater works. Now, greater works doesn't mean or didn't mean that disciples would do greater miracles than Jesus ever did. Uh, the Gospels represent maybe over 40 different miracles that Jesus performed. Uh, I haven't known anyone recently in our church who was walking on water. You know, I know Steve is really good at what he does, but he doesn't walk on water. Amen? All right? doesn't work that way. You know, or feeding 5,000 people. Or giving... Eyesight to the blind. So it's not talking about greater miracles. He's talking about greater, greater works. The disciples, post-resurrection, they did amazing works in the name of Jesus Christ. The book of Acts, the book of action of the New Testament. For example, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus gives his followers some 50 days after his resurrection, he gives them this mandate. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. By the way, church, we are the ends of the earth. Amen? Amen. Think about what happened just 2,000 years. Greater works, the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. These greater works. For example, again in Acts Again, just months after Jesus resurrection, in Acts 2:31, Peter, the one who denied Jesus blatantly three times, declares the gospel and 3000 people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. 3000 people get saved. In Acts chapter 3 verse 4, Peter and John again, in the name of Jesus, healed a lame beggar. In Acts chapter 4 verse 4, Peter and John proclaim the resurrection and are arrested, but many who heard the word believed over 5,000 people came to faith in Jesus Christ. If I got the math right, five times three, it's 8,000 people in a matter of months have come to faith in Jesus Christ. These are the greater works, the greater works, the greater works of the disciples. And the greater works we're going to talk about later and Steve will mention it next week, are as possible because of who he is and his name and also the indwelling and the power of the Holy Spirit makes us possible to do greater things. So this phrase, greater works, speaks of greater works in magnitude and greater works in expanse. Are you with me, church family? God has called us to greater works. Greater works are evangelism, people coming to Christ, discipleship. Missions is a greater work. Preaching is a greater work. Commitment to the local church. Thanks for being here today, church. That's a greater work that we gather together in the name of Jesus Christ. As a church family, we voluntarily partner with what we call uh, the Baptist Bible Fellowship. It's a fellowship of 4,000 people churches in America. So it's just, it's a, it's a fellowship, it's a partnership. The primary partnership is starting new churches and, and sending out missionaries. 4,000 churches. In Acts, there was just a handful of churches. Greater Works, 4,000. That's just one denominator. The Southern Baptist Convention that we partner with has over 47,000 churches in America and nearly 7,000 missionaries around the world. Church family, those are, Amen. The greater works, the greater works. And and God has greater works for us, for us. The Center for the Study of Global Christianity at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary reported that the number of Christians in the world edged past 2.5 billion in early 2022. Now I understand the word Christian, it can be very broad, all right? I don't know, I don't don't really believe there are 2.5 billion Christians on this planet. It comes all kinds of different people in there. But I would say, just a word, I I believe there's there's gotta be a billion maybe, all right? And maybe there are two billion. The point is, these are the greater works of God through his people. The largest, Continent in the world with regard to Christians is Africa, almost 700,000 Christians in Africa. So they, they surpass us, right, as a continent. These are greater works that God is doing. I believe the, the founding of this church was a greater work, a greater work in the name of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our pastor, an eighth grade education, a carpenter by trade, 35, 36 years old. I mean, just decides to start a church with just a few people, like about 17 in his in his family room in his home. You know, moved to the Antioch shopping center, the, the, where our sign is out here, that the, our church sign. There's a little white house there, and they and they met there for a couple years. And over the years, oh God, has grown our church. And it's all by God's grace, amen, church. This is the greater work, the greater work. We as a church personally, again, it's all God's, it's God's glory that, that we have sent 69 missionaries out around the world just helping them and, and supporting them. We have six missionaries that are from our church that sat where you sit, the Swandas in Germany. Uh, my brother is in the Philippines, uh, we support them. Uh, the, the Lyles are there in Peru. I'm kind of just going through my, uh, my mind here. The, the Smiths are in Ireland. Uh, i got, got a couple more here. Okay, I'm, I'm struggling here. Ruth is, uh, is, is in, uh, no, Rachel. Rachel. Rachel's in Peru. Thank you. I'm just, okay. The bottom line is these are greater works. Amen. I'm, I'm stumbling here. I'm, I'm, I'm stumbling. But and we're just a small church here in Gladstone, Missouri, all right, in the northland of, of Kansas City. So it's not about us. Greater works are about God and His glory. We get to be a part of that, a part of that. I, I think for me and my family and you to be a part of this church that, that someone just said, hey, we're going to start a church and all the benefits and how God has changed lives over the years because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As followers of Christ, we get to carry on his work. Jesus' promise is a promise to all believers, all of us, that we can experience these greater works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, the works that Jesus did, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk or we should live in these works the greater work that God has called us to do? What about your life? Maybe God's nudging you or kind of pressing in on you to to, to take that step of what would be called for you a, a greater work, a greater work. Perhaps there's some in this room, as we've had before in our church, that, you know, I'm gonna take that next step and I'm going to, I am want to pursue missions, or I want to pursue planning a church, or I want to pursue whatever. And just even in your family, what's the greater works for your family? What's that like for your family or for, this, for Antioch to, have, to experience greater works? Church, we're not done yet, amen? All right, we're not done yet. We're 57, 58 years old. And we talk about it a lot at Antioch, the older we get, the more we drift away from our mission and why we really exist. And so we've got to just kind of come together and say, hey, we're here for the purpose of leading generations to make disciples of Jesus Christ everywhere. Amen. That's part of the greater work we're called to. So I, I hope you'll just engage in this church, that you're just not, you don't just come and sit in a seat on Sunday. You're just not a member, but you're active and en- engaging. Amen, church? Engaging in these greater works that God has called us to do, we get to be a part of that. The ability of greater works. The third step here in declaration is the priority of prayer in chapter 14, verse 13 through 14. Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. The key word here is my name. What, he didn't say whatever you ask, I will do. Right? He, he didn't say that. If you ask me, I will do it. It's all about his name. Say that. We, we ask, and I, I believe church, we experience greater works in his name, all right? It's not in Bob's name or Steve's name or any, anybody else's name. The greater works take place in the name of Jesus Christ and for his ultimate glory. Yes. So this phrase, anything in my name, is not God giving us whatever we want, when we want, or what we think we need. That phrase, in my name, uh, expresses the controlling element of what we do. That God answers prayer... In regard to his honor and his name and his will, so it's not just carte blanche. I just can say, "Okay, God, do this for me." Right? No, God, I'm here's here's what you're doing in my heart. I, I give this to you, and I'm asking this of you in your name. In your name, and and Bible says in your will, in your design, in your in your plan. So our prayers are to be in pursuit of his glory. Praying in Jesus' name is not merely a formula. Right? Just, it's not like, just give me what I want to have in your name. In right? his name speaks of who he is and what he's going to do. The writer of 1 John puts it this way in John chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. And this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. It's his name and it's his will. The greater works that we're able to experience are because of the name and the will of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus defines genuine prayer as prayer in his name and prayer that ultimately gives the glory and the credit to him. It's been said to pray in Jesus' name is to pray in line with his will, his plan for your life in the name of Jesus. John Piper, a a former pastor and, and teacher, put it this way about prayer. Prayer is the open admission that without Christ, we can do nothing. It is a turning away from ourselves to God in the confidence that he will provide the help we need. Prayer humbles us as needy and exalts God as wealthy. To think church for a moment. The, the gift of prayer. And how we can sometimes diminish prayer. It's like an afterthought, I'll, the American way. Do all I can do, kind of make it happen, and then if it doesn't work, I'll pray. But do you realize that we can pray in Jesus' name and, and talk to the God of this universe? It just blows my mind, right? You think about that, that we have this privilege of prayer. And, and this prayer, and, and, and Steve will be there next week, and the work of the Holy Spirit that now is going to begin, now is going to live in us. That was totally new to them. The Holy Spirit's going to come and, and, and be the helper and provider and live in them. It's the it's prayer and the Holy Spirit that makes us and allows us to do the greater works that God has called us to do. So, there's a couple of closing application questions. Question number one Where do you sense that God is calling you to a greater work? A, a greater work in your, your personal life, a, a greater work in the dynamic of your family or the work environment, or maybe in your, even your neighborhood, you had you this vision of what you can do in our neighborhood maybe to, to reach people to, or maybe with whatever it may be, just what's the greater work that you sense or that you would even pray for, where it's just not mundane and just kind of going through the motions. It's easier to, 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 to just be static But what could God do and what does God want to do, church, in you? Amen? Amen? Amen. He wants to do greater works. What is God calling you to do with regard to greater works? Secondly, what steps could you take to elevate the priority of prayer? Just, again, it's prayer's conversation. Just at a moment's notice, We 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 can talk to God. The priority of prayer, as I study this, I'm convicted in my own personal life about, I can just jump in and try to do things and fix things, and then, okay, then I'll pray. But how about prayer first? God, give me direction, give me discernment, give me your prompting and leadership through your word and through others who speak into my life what exactly you want me to do for others and to do for you. And then number three, in what area of your life are you experiencing God at work? You say, man, God I just, I just, God has been working in me and, and changing me and, and giving me direction and, and giving me vision of how I can live my life in a way that would, would bring great honor and glory to him. What a great passage, church. I mean, I know it's, just don't miss that, that he's called us to greater works. And we cry out to him and in his name. He says, I will do that. I want to encourage you with that. As a church, like I said earlier, we're, we're not done yet. All right? As a group of believers, so we, we've, we've got to have what can we do to make a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ and not just go through the motions? Church is more than Sunday, okay? It's more than just what happens in this room. May it be a life long pursuit to make much of who God is by the way we live. And just would say, God, would you would you work in my heart that I could step in to the greater works that you have for me? Church, I think we can, I'm not talking about just, wow, it could be great. Not, I don't know what's gonna be for you. Just when God works in your life, anything he does in your life, it's, it's the greater work Amen. that he does for us. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for the gospel of John. Thank you for the statement of Jesus and his exclusivity. It's only Jesus. It's no other religion. It's no other acts that we can do. No other works we can do and accomplish. It's all through you by your grace. And we thank you for that. Thank you for this promise that you gave to your followers 2,000 years ago that has a ripple effect on your disciples here in the days in which we live. We thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's hard to wrap our arms around that in our mind that, that when we come to Christ that you, you come and live in us and you lead us and you even convict us in our heart. You change us. God, use us individually. Use us as a church to do greater works for you. And it's not about us, Father, but it's about you and and who you are. Before I close out this prayer this morning, first of all, I just want to thank you for being here. Uh, Thank you for coming to hear God's word. And as you've heard God's word this morning, the question is, what are you going to do with that? Are you just going to to walk out and forget? What can I do to to apply this in my own personal life? Perhaps God is working in your heart and just challenge you through this, just for a, a greater work. And perhaps in the room, you just would raise your hand and say, Bob, I just... I'm open to God and the greater work that he has for me. And maybe God's already been nudging you in that area of a greater work for his glory. And you'd raise your hand as a testimony of God's goodness and his faithfulness. Amen, church. Be encouraged by that. Amen. Amen. You're in the room today and you're discouraged. It's been a, you know, a tough, tough season. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. God is the God of encouragement. God's the God of endurance. Endurance. Perhaps you are in that season right now where the last thing you're thinking about is greater works, man. You're just kind of trying to navigate life. And you would be willing to raise your hand and say, that's where I'm at, Bob, in this season right now. And I'd I'd love to just pray over you. Some of you I know by name, some I don't. Amen. Thank you for being transparent. And then perhaps in the room today, those watching online, We talk about being a Christian. What does that look like? What does that mean? Well, it it points to who Jesus is, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried, that he resurrected three days later. That's the gospel. And the Bible says that we're sinners. I'm, right now, I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We've all sinned and we've broken God's laws. We're, We're just flat out sinners. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. We recognize our sin. We ask God for forgiveness and he will save us. The Bible says, these things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life and that eternal life is in the person of Jesus Christ. He who has the Son of God has life. Eternal life is in Jesus. And where you sit, you can, you can make that statement, God, I, I need you. i I commit, I'm a sinner. I admit that. I need forgiveness. I just ask Jesus to change me and save me. And perhaps you'd raise your hand and say, that's where I'm at today. Just in that season of life, I just want to say yes to Jesus. Anyone would be here. Father, thank you for the truth of the word. Encourage those who are going through a a discouraging season. Uh, Encourage those in the room who... Maybe you aren't living like you would want them to live, that, God, you would nudge them, and that's a good thing, Father. Conviction is good, so we all, we all need that. If, if there are sins that we're harboring, God, maybe we confess it before you. And then, God, thank you for the privilege that we get to be a part of who you are and what you're doing, not just here, but even as we talked earlier about in Ukraine. God, you're, you're at work there. And we just pray for a greater work in, in that nation, Father. Use us as a church. Use us as believers to make a difference in the lives of others for you. And encourage those who are in the room and sense that nudging of a, of a greater work. That you would encourage them, I pray. We give all that to we ask in Jesus' name. And church family, we said, amen. Thank you for listening. You're always welcome at Antioch. If you desire more information, please go to AntiochBBC.org. That's AntiochBBC.org. God's best to you.